Welcome to the Stay Ready Real Estate Podcast, where we stay ready so you don't have to get ready. My name is Mac, and I'll be interviewing a variety amount of professionals in the real estate industry to help guide you to find your first real estate property. At the end of each podcast, I'll be giving three actionable steps to help you get 1% closer to your goal of buying some real estate. Today, we have Eric Toomey, an active multifamily capital raiser, LP or GP, and over 200 units. He started in a single-family flip market. His goal is to raise $10 million in the 2024. He's a father of two, loves food, real estate, and coaching his kids' basketball teams. Eric Toomey, everyone. Here we go. Hey, Emeka. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. Good. How are you doing? What's the weather like there? The weather here, believe it or not, in tropical Michigan is very sunny on this Saturday morning. We are at wow. 28 degrees and sunny, which is a warm front for February, if anybody's from the Midwest. I just moved from KC and it right. was it was like a blizzard yesterday. I love the sun. I think the sun's coming out right now here in Tampa. So it's so nice. But tell everybody who you are, what you do, um, where you're from. You said Michigan, but any specifics yeah. from that? Yeah, so I've been born and raised um, in Michigan. I live about an hour outside of Detroit. Everybody seems to know where Detroit is, so that's why I use it as kind of a landmark. I started my real estate investing career in 2007 in the single-family uh, flip arena. Uh, since then, I flipped over 125 single-family homes. I've either been managing the contractors, a private money uh, lender on homes. So that's how I got started in my real estate career. I currently co-own a company that has 13 units. Half of those units are Airbnbs, and we're actually closing on a 12-unit property next month in March. We're going to plan to Airbnb that. I have a five-unit apartment complex with another partner. I have a limited partner position uh, in a 108-unit apartment deal in Kansas City, and I am the co-owner of a eight-unit hotel and spa outside of Palm Springs, California. Oh, you got it going on. So you said you <laughs> did like over like a hundred single family flips, I but, did. but yeah. why did you go into multifamily specifically? Was there a switch? Was the flips not doing enough for you? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the thing is with flipping you with anything in real estate, you have to have a system and you have to have a sustainable system that you can duplicate over and over again to get the results and the success that you want. You know, usually with flipping, you had a property, but you didn't have the contractors at the time. Sometimes you had the contractors that were ready to go, but you couldn't find the property. Sometimes you had both, but you couldn't find the money. So there's really a three-pronged approach of, of needs that you really need in a, in a flipping business. And sometimes, you know, we didn't have one of those three things, which made, which made life very challenging. Now, again, anything is certainly achievable, but some of the when you do something for a long time sometimes the old problems become really old and they become irritating to you and sometimes you just want a new set of challenges or problems to try to solve so for me that's really what my transition to multifamily was i'm like it's it's great stable cash flow it's long term preservation of wealth and it's the ability to create wealth for your family for for generations to come whereas flipping was not necessarily that model was not built like that so you said that you, you got into multifamily essentially because you're tired of the single family problems and then multifamily was more for a long term so did you have a specific goal in multifamily i know you're still actively closing you're about to close in the deal i think you said 12 unit correct 
Yes. So honestly, did I have a specific goal in multifamily when I started? And I started in multifamily, just so your viewers know, I started probably about two years ago. So did I have a specific goal the day I decided to do it? No, absolutely not. And I don't think most people, most people do. Since then, I've sharpened and focused my goals, obviously, so that, you know, we have a plan of action that we can attack every day. But I, I will tell you, how I do my multifamily goals is very simple. And how I do all my goals is very simple. I do it in 90 day increments. So I'll make goals for 90 days. I'll review before the 90 days is up. If I think it's a goal worth pursuing in multifamily, then we'll continue with that goal. If I think that the goal needs to be altered, we'll alter it. Or if I think it needs to be thrown out, I throw it out and I make a new one. So my goal for this first three months of the year was to get a multifamily unit under contract. Now, we've come close We've definitely looked at deals, but we do not currently have a multifamily uh, complex under contract right now. But again, today's a new day. It is a new day. From those single family uh, problems, you said you went to multifamily, but why didn't you go into stocks or try to do storage units? Why didn't you go into anything else and why specifically multifamily? Did other stuff unattract you or what? Oh, no, no. I mean, shiny objects attract everybody, don't they? I mean, you know, we're all human in that nature. I did try stocks. I tried options. I, I did. And I lost money. And I'm not saying that I haven't lost money in real estate. I would be a liar to tell you that I was, I was, I'm undefeated in the real estate arena also. But I'll tell you, I've made more money than I've lost. <laughs> Much more money than I've lost. You mentioned self-storage. I've written offers on self-storage units before. I think it's a wonderful asset class. I don't think that you should shut your mind to any asset class if the numbers truly work. But there is something about scaling down and sharpening your focus on one asset class. And for me, multifamily made the most sense. It sounds like throughout this whole thing, you had a plan, you know, your three-month plan, yeah, 90-day plan. You want single family that wasn't working. You want new problems, so you want to multifamily. So can you talk more about the mindset it takes to go into that? Because um, you, you have a family, correct? I do. So you have to have a really great reservoir of energy, and you have to have a tough skin and be really willing to battle daily and sometimes hourly challenges that get thrown your way. And just so all your viewers know, yes, I have children. Yes, I have a W-2. Yes, I've been a, a full-time real estate, or at least I consider myself a full-time real estate investor for probably the last 15 years. I've actually put in as much time in my real estate investing career as I have in my W-2. Yes, I do real estate in my W-2 job when I have a, a free minute or free second. So it is a balancing act. It, it truly is. Balancing personal and professional is, is very challenging on a daily basis. I think you have to be ruthlessly efficient with your time. And I think that people overuse the word balance. I don't necessarily think there is such a thing as true balance, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it is prioritizing what you want to do at a given hour on a given day and getting that done then moving on to the next task to get that done. I got you. So I would say a lot of my uh, a lot of my viewers are probably new, probably 25 to 35 range. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would say that's a pretty young age, but they're all saying they don't have time. They have to go to work and then come home and watch Netflix and, you know, cook <laughs> and do all that good stuff. So you gave a lot of great advice, but what would you say to those those people who say they don't have time? I would say to those people who don't have time, you don't want it bad enough. 
you just simply do not want it bad enough because you can achieve anything you want in life if you want it bad enough. There are 24 hours in a day. There's 168 hours in a week if I'm doing my math correctly. <laughs> Everybody is given that same amount of time. Sometimes you got to suck it up and work till one or two in the morning when you're tired. And then you have to get up at five or six the next day. That's life. I mean, so how you have to look at yourself in the mirror every day and your your want and your desire to achieve the goal has to overcome everything or otherwise you will not get it done. I love it. I love it. It all comes down to the mindset and what you want, what you truly want. Some people yep. want things, but some people truly want a better future. And Absolutely. speaking of future, you said you have 90 day goals, but you also said multifamily is a long-term gain or a long-term plan for the future. So can you talk more about how you expect multifamily to shape your world, you know, a decade or two decades from now, because you do have a W-2 and I expect you don't want to be working there, you know, forever. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Amaka. I have not, I, I've, it's always been one of my goals, my longer term goals to obviously transition out of my W-2. I'm a physical therapist. I've been one for almost 22 years. The only thing that I've done longer than being a physical therapist is live. So, I mean, it, it's time, you know, it's, and it's not a good or bad thing. I, I've been very blessed to work with fantastic people in my physical therapy career. It's just time to write a new chapter. It's not, it's not good or bad. It's just the journey of life. And, you know, we're writing a new chapter, you know, and that's okay. You know, things change and, and people change, you know, along the journey. So multifamily for me, I think provides a stepping stone into that next chapter and that next journey in life. It's something that I want to put my effort, my time and my energy toward. And it's also a good example for my family, especially my children, to see that, you know, well, dad can do this, this and this. And oh, hey, 20 years from now, look at what happens. This is a position we're in because of because of what he did 20 years ago. So I, I, I you definitely play the long term game because you have a long term goal of, of ultimately succeeding in multifamily. Uh, and you want your kids to look back and your family to look back and say, hey, what he did was pretty cool for us. So did you just get into it alone? Like, did you just Google YouTube, read books or how did you get into it? Yeah. And sometimes that's really hard. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes it's really just hard to start. So yes. It, it, so in answer to your question, YouTube videos are great. There's so many wonderful educational resources out there that, you know, to start not only your real estate investing career, but your multifamily career. But really what I did was I knew what I didn't know and I knew my weaknesses and I knew I had to get around people who knew much more than me and who could potentially help me to get me to where I want to go quicker than I could get there myself. So I joined some mastermind groups with some wonderful people who are killing it in the multifamily space. And that's who I want to be around. I want to learn from them. And I have learned from them. I want to continue to connect with those people because the quickest way to get to where you want to go is to follow the path of others who have already done it. So you've dropped multiple gems throughout this entire video. What would be your top two advices to, for getting someone to get started and to continue to keep going? Because once you get started, you know, I, I've started real estate investing. I've started the multifamily stuff. 
It's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. You're right. But what would be your best advice to someone new getting started and then continue to go? Because I feel like nowadays we want to see immediate impact. We want to see a reward. Like if we work hard for an hour. We want that reward in an hour and a minute, you know? So how would you uh, help these new investors get started and keep going and continue to keep going for years and years and months and months? Yeah. So I think it's a mindset, a understanding mindset issue. So if people who are in their 20, 20s and 30s are really the first generation that's been brought up completely almost on social media and tech and electronics. They are used to instant gratification and they are used to, I want it now and I'm not willing to wait for it. And that aggressive mindset is very good in some things, but understand that in life, patience usually is rewarded. So in answer to your question, I would say two things that I would recommend. One, I would say be ruthlessly efficient with your time. And if you think you don't have time, remember there's 168 hours in a week. You are not working 168 hours in the week. You are usually working eight to 10 hours a day. Usually you're working five days a week. Usually that's 40 to 50 hours a day. You still have 100 and 18 hours to do whatever you would like, minus your sleeping, eating, driving, whatever you need to do. So be ruthlessly efficient with your time and make it a priority to educate yourself. Because I'm telling you, when you educate yourself, that's the biggest gift you can give yourself. Two, I would, I mean, I hate to go down the coach mentor route, but that's what I think you people who are just getting started really need to do surround yourself with people who know way more than you and be willing to provide value to those people for no pay in return just for the education and the experience to further your own self i love it i love it and the no pay thing i think is overlooked sometimes because i know a lot of people my age you know i'm gonna work for free huh internship right. with no pay right but people, you know Money is not the reason you're doing it. It's the experience. It, it is. It's the experience and it's always provide value to people. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to do something, there's something that you're good at. Find out what you're good at and then provide that value or service to others. Find your superpower. You know, everyone, everyone has a superpower, no matter if they think so or not. They just got to find it. And they have to want to find it. And they're going to have to want to be better. And something that basically I feel like you've been saying is, you have to always be willing to learn. Yes. No one is perfect. You mm -hmm. know, practice makes perfect. Repetition makes perfect. Since no one is perfect, you need to always be practicing. You need to always be learning. And I think that goes over some people's heads sometimes. And all they want to do is, you know, go to high school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, get a good job, work there 40, 45 years. And then typically in between those 40, 45 years, there's the midlife crisis because they don't know what they're doing with their life. They don't want to do that. But I tell everyone, you know, find what you're good at and figure out a way to make it, you know, a benefit to you. And I think yeah. real estate is a great thing because what people don't understand is, you know, just, just because you're getting on real estate, that does not mean that needs to be your go-to. You said yeah. you're an LP. What do you yep. do as an LP? And can you tell the audience what an LP is? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think you hit on a couple of good points. There's nothing wrong with that scenario that you just described. It's good to get good grades. It's good to go to college. It's good to have a job for 40 to 50 years if that's what you want. However, there's a certain number of people in the population that that's not okay with. And there's, there's, you know, a, a path for them as well. Right. Um, and you also hit on real quick, the importance of a team. A multi-family investing is truly a team sport. You can get there so much quicker with great team members than you can yourself. Now, an LP position is what's called a limited partner position. So basically, in very simplistic terms, I write a check and I wait for payouts, dividends, et cetera, from my investment. So it is a very passive role in real estate investing. A more active role, which is the other side of the equation, is called a GP. That's called a general partner. What they are responsible for is finding the deal, underwriting the deal, managing the deal, managing the asset management and the property managers. There's two separate, I guess, categories of investors. So in that particular deal in Kansas City, I'm a, considered a limited partner where I put money in and I'm expecting to get uh, a certain rate of return um, on my money from the investment that was presented to me. The reason why I ask that is because not everyone loves real estate. Not everyone loves going to flips. But what people do know is, you know, whenever you put money in stocks, you can't always get that back. You know, That's right. But then you get taxed. So if you're not in love with real estate, if you don't want to be active in it, you know, deal with the headaches, well, surround yourself with people who do like it. And then if you're, I know you're, you're into basketball, you, you know, you coach, you know, if, if that, if that's your focus, which, you know, you love and you want to just stick to that and not even worry about that. Well, surround yourself with people who are into real estate, becoming right. key. And now you're, you know, you have a real estate portfolio without, you know, having to lift a finger almost, you know, right. what, what was the most active thing you did being an LP? Um, literally, I will tell your viewers exactly what the process was for me being an LP in this deal. I sat in on a very educational, very well presented webinar for probably about mm, an hour and a half. I don't even think it stretched two hours, to be honest with you, an hour and a half. I reviewed the information, which was pretty clear to me just because I knew numbers and I understood that investment. Now, having looked at it for the first time, that might be a longer process for newer investors, which is completely understandable. Then I was contacted, obviously, asking my interest. And I did express interest after reviewing all the educational materials and the numbers. And then we went from there. Yes. And it was literally a, a, the mechanics of it were literally a wire transfer after that. And it. it was consistent and very good updates by text and email updating us on the status as we went along. So it was, it's been a very, very good experience. So just because you don't know anything about real estate investing, if you have time or if you have money, those are valuable assets in any real estate deal. I love it. And I'm not the best with math. So I know there's 24 hours in a day. And everything that you just said, it sounds like you maybe spent a max of like three to five hours, if that. I would say that that's probably, yeah, I would say on the, that particular LP deal, that's about right. So, I mean, it, again, it might take people longer if they're very new to real estate. But for me, since I knew the lingo and knew everything, it was a very 
uh, easy transition, easy process for me to digest. Well, let's say it took you one full day to do all that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 26, you know, 24 hours of my 26 years is absolutely nothing. And then now you're, you're receiving dividends and eventually I'm assuming you get all your money back, depending on the specific uh, syndication. You just, you know, you spent five hours of your time to get, you know, dividends, get a real estate portfolio. And now you can still focus on the things you like, like basketball. So it's, yeah, absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what real estate does. It provides you um, with an avenue to focus on what you truly love while you're also making money and making your money work for you. I mean, you should not have to actively work for all of your money, in my opinion. You know, so again, passive investing is a, is very good for some people who are very busy professionals, who are newbies to real estate, who maybe want to do an investment but don't want to be an active investor in real estate. That's what passive investing is for. I mean, I think there's merits to passive investing, and I think that there's definitely a lot of merits to active investing. I do a combination of both, but that's just what I'm comfortable with and what I like. Exactly. And the choice is yours. You know, you can be a right. if you want, you can be a GP, yes. just whatever you're comfortable with. Absolutely. So now we go to the uh, the next three questions I ask every guest. Sure. So as as I warned you. So the first question, what are, <laughs> what are the two, what are the two books you recommend as fire investor to read? Yeah. So two of my, uh, two of the books that I think are actually kind of the most practical, I'll give you a real estate investing book and I'll kind of give you a non-real estate investing book, but both help with real estate investing. I absolutely love the go-giver book. It's by Bob Berg. Basically what that whole book is telling you is in a nutshell is provide value to people. It's not about you. It's the value you can provide to others. When you provide value to others, it comes back to you tenfold. You might not get an immediate um, reward or response, but that's okay. Because if you're really doing something to help others, you shouldn't expect an immediate reward or response. And um, Profit First for Real Estate Investing. It might not be a book that many people have heard of. It's by David Richter. It is a very good operational mechanical book on how to structure your real estate business. Um, one of my takeaways that I came away from that book is, and it's a very simple concept, separating your bank accounts. So getting six or seven bank accounts for things like profit, operational expenses, taxes, have separate accounts for each thing so that you don't get into trouble when you need to pay for stuff. But read the book in its entirety. It is a very, very good beginner to slash intermediate real estate investor book. Very good. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes. So next question, what was the most impactful speech or lesson from a coach or mentor that helped you exceed in your real estate investing career? You know, that's a great question. Also, I've listened to so many coaches, mentors, videos. I, I mean, to think of a specific name or person right off the top of my head it, I'm drawing a blank, but I will tell you this. Themes are, are very, very similar between a lot of these coaches and mentors. And if there's one thing that I have written on a post note so that I see it every day, it is this. Take massive action every day. I love it. I love that it. is it. Because you can watch all the videos, read all the books, 
uh, go to all the webinars. And that's all fantastic. But if you don't take action on those, you're going to be right back in the same place that you started. That analysis paralysis is very real. I was in that for a Correct. year. Uh, some yep. people think that reading, watching videos, going, uh, I, I would say going to meetups is an action, but a lot of people it get is. A lot of people get held up in that. The next thing you know, they read a hundred books without, you know, implementing the stuff they learned in a book. So, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. Right. Yep. So third and the final question is if you mm -hmm. could have dinner with one for one hour with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, this is easy. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham. So, so to your viewers, you're, I, I don't know if you call it a weird obsession with Abraham Lincoln. I, have always, I've read so many books on Abraham Lincoln. I wrote a 60 page paper in eighth grade on Abraham Lincoln. Eighth and it was grade. way, it was way overkill. But Lincoln to me is one of the most fascinating leaders ever. And I would love to have dinner with him. He had to go through so much. When he became president in 1860, he had failed at business four times and had been defeated in various forums, whether it be Congress, Senate, the House, five times before he was elected president. I think he's one of the most fascinating leaders, and I think he's one of the most effective leaders that probably our country has had. So, man, I, I would love to have dinner with him. So my son's middle name is actually Lincoln because Lincoln to me stands for excellence and it stands for perseverance, and it stands for greatness. So it would definitely be Lincoln. <laughs> I love that. All right. Now, how can the audience reach out to you if they want to ask you questions or just learn more about you? Oh, my God. You know, every please feel free to email me. I'm on Facebook all the time. My email is my first and last name, E-R-I-C-T-O-M-E-I -E at gmail.com. I'm assuming it's probably not a good idea to give your cell phone over a podcast. <laughs> so reach out to me and then we can, you know, develop a relationship and then we'll go from there. <laughs> All right, I'll put that in the show notes. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Amaka. This is a lot of fun as I expected it to be. And I, I appreciate uh, you having me on and, and taking your time to interview me. And, and hopefully I can provide value to the people who are listening. That's what Eric, everybody. At the beginning of the podcast, I told you that I'll give you three actionable steps. Number one, Write down time steps of your life. There's 24 hours in a day. Apple does it for you already. You can literally see how much time you're spending on everything on your phone. And you'll be surprised just how much you're actually doing. So what I advise you to do is go on your phone, figure out how much time you're spending on it, and it itemizes as well. Social media, Safari, um, apps like games whatever you whatever you can think of look look on your phone and it will tell you write it down and then subtract how, how many hours you sleep subtract how many hours you work work out and then figure out how much time is left look at it and see what you can take out of your life that is not helping you go toward your goals secondly write down a 90-day goal i think big goals are great and continue to have those big goals but what can you do within 90, 90 days that will help you get towards your goal? What is something close to kind of get that dopamine hit? 90 days, three months, what can you do in three months? Write it down, act up. Third action, find 10 minutes a day 
that you can spend to go towards your goal. Everyone can find 10 minutes a day. If you spend 10 minutes on Instagram, subtract that 10 minutes from that Instagram and replace it with something to work on your goal, you'll be amazed how much 10 minutes a day for 365 days can change your life. That's the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, and comment. Until next time.